0: inside voices united i want that song i don't want to die i want that song i don't want to die welcome to the first of our episodes of a podcast we are calling inside voices united i'm your host greg smith and i'll be your host throughout these podcast presentations For this first episode, I wanted to explain how the project got started, what we're trying to do, and where we're going. So rather than yak on for 20 or 30 minutes, I thought I'd invite my friend, Ali Sharif, who is product director at TuneCore, to my studio here in Savannah, Georgia, to help me explain it for you. I'm going to turn the tables around and do something I'm not too familiar with, being interviewed. So here we go. Hi, Ali. Thanks for coming in.
1: Hey, Greg. It's nice to be here. I just want to welcome all our guests as well. And before we get started, Greg, just uh, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself.
0: What's your background? Well, uh, my background was, uh, if you take it back to the egg, as they say, I come from a big family and it was a very noisy dinner table. And so everyone was competing for, how was your day? How was your day? You know, I got a new hamster, you know, blah, blah, blah. And I found myself not wanting to really get in the mix with everybody, all my sisters and high volume. I was one of the younger children. I think I was uh, fifth in line. So I learned to listen early in life. And it was something that I sort of learned as I went through, you know, my family and then through school. And uh, my grandfather actually said something to me when I was very young, which is you learn more with your ears than with your mouth. So I took that to heart. Very wise. (laughs) He was very wise. And uh, I took that to heart. And by listening Um, it opened up another world to me. I also found that I had musical ability, which needed polishing, so that's all about listening. So it sort of took me into music. Eventually, professionally, which started in college, it took me into radio. Again, you're listening and communicating, and that was sort of the other part of the puzzle, was to get something from inside your head into somebody else's head. How do you explain something to somebody? So radio was, was you know a big part of that for me, and I started out in college as a, a DJ, just playing records as part of the radio station there on campus, and then went into it professionally and fell into National Public Radio some years later, where I became a producer, and again, sharpening the skills of listening and taking a lot of information and condensing it down to its essence and the important parts, and then explaining that to people. And then um, I never stopped doing music, While I was doing NPR, I I went to CBS for a couple of years and was a producer there. Went into teaching um, for many years, about 16 years. Again, how do I get from what's inside my head into their heads? So it all, it's it's maybe different careers, but there's a line running all through them, and the line is listening and storytelling. The path of the artist. The path of the artist. That's right. And the music was, uh, and I never stopped doing the music, and uh, went on to record, and this is pertinent to the project, is I went on to record uh, and, uh, I'm working on my 13th album now, Lucky 13, and these are songs of my own compositions. And I learned to play various instruments over the years, so I do most of the recording and um, playing, and I do all the writing on that. So and so for all
1: of our listeners, if they wanna yeah. if they wanna check out your music work can they find it.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Um, it's on all the platforms. Um, easiest is Spotify, I guess, or the most widely used. Um, or one of the most widely used, and you could search Greg Smith, there are a couple of them on there, so search Greg Smith, um, and then one of my albums, you could say Redemption Road, and all the albums will pop up there.
1: Awesome. So let's get into uh, Inside Voices United. Why the name Inside Voices United? Where'd that come from?
0: Well, because Guitars Behind Bars was taken. (laughs) Seriously, though, it's a name that, and that's true, it was taken, because that was the first idea I came with, Guitars Behind Bars. Um, But I thought, you know, maybe that was a little flip anyway. I wanted it to be a more serious endeavor. So I uh, thought, well, what are we doing? These are voices that are inside, and they're obviously inside, we're outside. And more to the point, these guys are united in their desire to be heard outside the walls. So it just kind of made sense. And, you know, this is how you go through the process. I'm sure a lot of people listening have gone through this. You know, what do I name my endeavor, my project? And part of it is controlled or determined, I think, by GoDaddy. GoDaddy rules the world, right? What's available? You know, so and so. And gotcha. this was available, InsideVoicesUnited.org. So that's kind of where that came so from. So I think
1: we have to back up just a little bit because okay. we're, talk, we're talking about the name, but we're talk, let's, let's first talk about what is it? What, what, is, what does the name represent? What is Inside Voices United?
0: The project is a, a very simply, and, well, simple in my mind, where um, I'm trying to get, again, I talked earlier about how do I get it from my head into somebody else's head. Um, that's what art is, I think. That's what music is. Because I can feel something, I can write it, but if it doesn't connect to somebody, then you're just writing for yourself. And there's nothing wrong with that. You can. There are tons of people out there who record songs that are you know, self-indulgent, uh, is the word I like to use. And that's fine. You're working through you know, um, um, a painful relationship or you're working through a problem and I'm angry and here's the angry music to go with it, you know. But, you know, to me, um, relevant art is probably a good way to put it, is art that connects with other people. And so the idea was to connect with other people and to these guys who are in prison are songwriters, uh, a lot of them, and I can talk more about that in a second. But there are a lot of songwriters in prison and what they're doing is they're trying to tell their story to somebody who will listen and again if you know like all artists like all people if they just gripe about you know uh, I had a bad jury or you know I got a bum rap or something and many times that's the case but you know people have heard that story and a lot of people aren't interested in it but songwriting's different isn't it it's something that um it's not like complaining about your sentence or complaining about you know blah 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 it's, you know, she done me wrong. You know, she mm. left me, oh, that woman, she doesn't blah, blah, blah. Uh, or, you know, I'm drinking my way through this relationship. Let me write that down. It's a great song title. Um, or whatever. You know, these are the things that they feel, and they're feeling it just like we're feeling it on the outside. You're a musician, and you've been a musician for, since you were young. That's right. And um, this is the way that musicians connect with the world. We tell our stories through songs. Sculptors do it through sculpting and painters through painting. But that's the way musicians do it. They're storytellers.
1: So so the so the name inside voices really refers to the voices of the inmates mm-hmm. behind those walls. Exactly. And so it all connects. Awesome. Exactly. Great. So so where did the idea come from?
0: Well, like all great ideas, it you know, usually they come in the shower. I've heard that story a million times and actually that is true. I have written songs in the shower. But this one came to me while I was driving. I was listening to the radio and I heard Johnny Cash singing um, in Folsom Prison, a famous album from late 60s, 70s. I forget exactly when. Forgive me. Uh, The original idea was, oh, I've got a band. um, And I do have a band, a small band. And we go out and tour sometimes. And I thought, and we have a prison here in Savannah, which is where we're recording this, which is where I live right now.
1: And what's the name of that prison?
0: The prison is called Coastal State Prison. It's 1,600 inmates. It's out by the airport. Uh, you wouldn't know it; it's behind trees and behind stuff, as you know most prisons are. Um, so you don't see it from the road, and it's, as I said, tucked up near the near the airport, where they're not going to complain about the planes going overhead. I guess that's why they built it there. But I thought, wouldn't that be cool to take my band into a prison and play a concert? Just for you know, I, I say for fun. Fun's the wrong word, but maybe you know what I mean. But for yeah. the experience—that's that's right. a better way to put it. Okay.
1: And, and as a product director, I know experience. Either. Oh, there you are.
0: Exactly right. Exactly. <laughs> So I made some calls and I called the, the um, actually the Georgia Department of Corrections, which is the mother unit, and they're up in Forsyth, Georgia. And I said, would you be interested in having my band come and play there? And they said, they, literally the words were, we are starved for entertainment. Come on down, anytime you want. And I thought, cool. So I talked to the other guys in the band and we uh, knocked it around and it occurred to me that there were probably songwriters in prison who are writing and singing songs that nobody hears, right? My songs, I can record them in my studio here, I mix them here, put them up on Spotify, I can do everything from the confines of my studio right here. But these guys, they write their songs, they jam, they play them for each other, uh, but they don't have a way to record them, and they don't have a way to be heard, so no one really hears them. And, and so you're saying they play them for each other. Did they have access to instruments? Yeah, it depends on the prison. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of the things I, I checked out. Do they have a music program? That's an important part of the, of, the, of the project that I'm doing. And they did have a music program there, and they did have some instruments. Some of them were kind of beat up, as you might imagine. People would you know, give instruments and kind of had a broken key or you know, crappy strings or something like that. So there's part of our project which actually... Um, Uh, replaces damaged instruments. In fact, there was a a bass guitar that they had when I first arrived there that was unplayable. So I went out and and I used to make guitars for fun. And um, I had an extra bass, so I gave them the bass. So um, once I made the call to the the GDC and said, you know, I not only want to go in and play some um, uh, concert there, but could I also do a, a seminar? because I've written well over 100 published songs. I've, God, I've written probably twice that, but 100 that I thought were good enough to publish and put on albums of my, under my own name. Um, and so it, it occurred to me that you know, these guys were also songwriters, so could I go in, I asked the prison, could I go in and teach a seminar? Listen to their songs and hear them one by one and perhaps make them better. And that kind of leaned on my experience as a teacher. Because I'm used to sitting in front of 20 students and saying, this is a thing that yeah. we're going to learn today. Yeah. And this is what we're going to learn about it. And here's how we're going to learn about it. And so it's a very, there was an old, a, an old teacher of mine when I was in college who was brilliant. Her name's Kathleen Jameson. I think she's up in Philadelphia now. And she's brilliant. And she was a huge inspiration for me as an educator, and it was years later that I started teaching, but I never forgot what she told me. And she was a speech communication teacher, speech and communications. Uh, And she said, um, and she didn't make this up, but she hammered it into us, which was tell them what you're going to tell them, then tell them, then tell them what you told them. That's right. So every time I teach a class or teach something, I always think about that. And how did they they receive that? But the prisoners? Yeah. Yeah, um, uh, really well. And it was the kind of thing that, I had the prison, uh, they said yes to all this, by the way. They said, great, you can play your concert and then um, teach the seminar. The idea of the seminars: we have, again, 1,600 inmates at Coastal, and the majority of them are writing songs. So I put out some parameters. I said, find me 20 of them that have written songs, their own songs. I don't want to deal with cover songs because they didn't write them. They, uh, there's a whole nother level of where they play cover songs and they're expressing their own emotions. There are a couple songs which we can talk about later, which I recorded, two of them that I recorded, which I allowed, um, which were cover songs because they brought a whole different slant to it. But I wanted inmates that had written songs that were familiar with the process. Um, You want to hear their voices. I want to hear their voices. That's right. And I thought if I can get them together and put them in front of me, uh, I could hear their songs and then make them better. So that that was the idea.
1: That is awesome um so walk me through the process how, how do you do this I mean what's involved in in getting all this equipment into the prison in the first place and then the process of actually recording these uh
0: these artists well we'll call them artists because they have something to yeah, say right I think that's absolutely true that's that's spot on um well I sort of told you about how we, we sort of chose the inmates and then so on the day of the, the concert we did the concert for several hundred inmates that were there, and happy, happy, applause, applause, and, you know, we talked to them, and I explained the song. It was kind of a songwriter's kind of presentation rather than just a straight band, and I was interacting with them while we were doing the concert. Concerts over, the other band guys in my band were packing up, and I went over in a corner and met with the 20, and I was sitting up front and on a stool, and next to me was a stool with a guitar next to it, and next to that was a little keyboard, an electronic keyboard, Um, and I called them down one at a time. Okay, um, you know, Ali, come down, sit next to me. And what's the name of your song? Well, she done me wrong. Okay, let me hear the song. And ma, she done me wrong, she done me wrong. And so are they
1: playing the songs And they're themselves? playing the songs,
0: yeah. And this was the audition. And before they started playing, I gave them a couple of parameters. You know, I, I said, first of all, you know my bona fides because I just played a concert for you. Those are all my songs. Um, so uh, I know how to write a song. And I explain to them that there's a process, and this is something for our listeners who aren't musicians, um, to explain that uh, there is a process in songwriting. Um, there's an old sort of formula, which is sort of A, B, A, B, mm-hmm. C, B, 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 which is, you know, A is the verse, B is the chorus, and C is the bridge. So that's kind of a time honored, you know, there's the old thing with, uh, with story writing, you know, boy, boy meets girl, boy gets girl, boy loses girl, boy re- reclaims girl, or that's something right. like that. Okay. And, they so, live happily exa- right. and they live happily ever after, or not, <laughs> or and or that's not. a twist, and this is the important part of it, which there is a formula, um, and then there was an old saying that I made up for my students years ago, which is, learn the rules, and then break and them. And then break them, that's right. But, number three, learn the rules. It's important that you know the rules so you know what you're breaking. And the way I explained it to my studios uh, stu- students, rather, uh, in college, and the way I explained it to these guys, after I said that, is you can fill a balloon full of red paint, throw it against the wall, and point to it and say art, and I would say vandalism. You know, it's different. So, but you know, here's Jackson Pollock who took his brushes and went nuts and went crazy. There's a painting behind me on the wall here, a very talented artist that I know who did the same thing, and it's very impressionistic, and. Um, you know, and this is not a visual medium that we're dealing with now, but it's, it's a painting he did, um, the one behind me on the studio wall here, which Ali can see, um, was by a, a good friend of mine, Alex Sherrod, and he um, painted that after his father passed. And this was his way of, and there's a lot of dark colors in there, and it was his way of processing the emotion. Right. So it's very real. And sound is very much the same, right? There, very are, there much are colors the same. in there, there are Absolutely. tones in there,
1: so you can mix them, there's dissonance. Completely. And how you put all that together can be very
0: impressionistic, Absolutely. or it can be very formulaic. Absolutely. And there's somewhere between the two, impressionistic and formulaic, which is what your song is. So you take the formula, the formulaic part of it, which is, it has a verse, then it builds to a chorus. What happens in a chorus? Well, the chorus is sort of the, the underlying theme of the song. You know? I woke up one morning, the closet was empty, um, you know, breakfast wasn't made, and something was wrong. And now we go to the chorus. My girl left me, she left me, she left me this morning. My girl left me, she left me this morning. Mm-hmm. And so the chorus is kind of like, what is the song about, typically, in the formulaic way? So what I would do with them is I listen to their songs. Oh, the other thing I told them as well. I said, so you 20 guys are sitting in front of me, and all the other inmates had been dismissed and gone away at that point. So it was just us in this. You know, we were in a in a gymnasium, so it was kind of noisy, but there was no one else there at that point. But I said, um, part of this project and part of music and the creation of it is we are going to lift each other up. We're going to be positive about it. So if you, so at the end of every song, every one of you is going to applaud. Even if you didn't like the song, I don't care. Applaud. Because what we're going to do is we're going to lift people up. You may not like the song you just heard, but, you know, maybe you're different. Maybe you're a rapper and this is a country song or this is a ballad and you're a rocker or something like that. doesn't matter. It's all valid. It's all real. So just to keep the energy positive in the room, we're all going to give each other positive reinforcement. And uh, number three is we don't interrupt. Um, We let the person play through the song. Um, that's an important part of the process and the final rule that I explained to them is that um, don't fake it. Uh, music is reality, it's your reality, but if you don't believe it why should I believe it? Why and, 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 and how were
1: they when you were explaining all this? Was, were, were they really attentive? Yes. Were they yeah. they seemed to be you know kind of uh, a little standoffish? Was everybody engaged?
0: Um, yes 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 and yes <laughs> they, they were a little you know it's like who is this guy where is he coming from you know and, and sing my song we, haven't even, we hadn't even talked with them yet about recording this was just play me your songs um, they were a little bit wary but I think that part of it with them is that they um, um, they're used to following rules so they understand rules and I knew that going in students are the same way in college where I taught they want to know what the rules are they want to find, you know, uh, the edges of them, and it's every. I, I was, I'm a father of two boys who are grown and often in, in the world, but growing up, their job was to find the edges of no. Is the way I put That's it.
1: That's interesting because I, I, you know, I was wondering whether or not coming from um, from their cells and and a and an environment where they are. Uh, Subject to rules all the time, whether they yeah. thought this was an opportunity to be freer. And so now we've got some more rules to follow. And, yep. and how, yeah, how, do, how did they respond? To they that?
0: responded well. They yeah. understood what I was saying. And and basically, if you think about the rules, not that big of a deal. Yeah. Just no cat calls during Ah, oh, That sucks. You know, it's like, <laughs> you know, I did not want to hear any of that. So I was closing the door uh, on that. And um, I said, as far as musicianship is concerned, for the purposes of this seminar that we're having, I'm the one who gets to critique it. I'm the one who gets to say this doesn't work or it, or this does. That's just the way it is. And I gave them the parallel of when I'm a professor in front of students. My bona fides are already there. I got hired by the college as an expert to teach, you know, filmmaking, you know, how to use a camera because I've been doing it for 35 years. I know how to do it, and they accept that going in. Nice. And so that's what I explained to them. I said, you know, I've got at that time uh, when we did coastal. I've got 12 published albums. I've got well over 100 songs out there and blah, blah, blah. I don't hammer the point home too much because it sounds, in my own head, it sounds kind of braggy, but it's it's about establishing your bona fides. I can give you a a professional critique because I've done it and done it and done it. And there is, um, and my critiques are also not about the emotion, not usually about the content, but about the structure. Because remember I talked about Songs have to be relevant to somebody on the outside, otherwise you're being self-indulgent as a musician, which again, is okay if that's what you're going for. But if you're writing songs to connect with people, the songs have to connect. So it has to be in some kind of form that people kind of understand. Okay. And okay, the verse-chorus so thing works that way.
1: So you hear their songs, yeah. and, and then what's the next step?
0: The next step is I went through them one at a time uh, and listened to their songs, and you know, gave them critiques. I said, okay, well, you're verse, 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 verse. But the thing that's running through your six verses is, you know, Jesus smiled on me that day because that's the last line of each verse. So we're going to take the last two lines of every verse and we're going to make that into a chorus. They're like, and, you know, and suddenly it made sense to them. And they understand form. They've been listening to music and they were, you know, they sure. were kids. So what I was doing was saying, let's take your stuff and put it in a box. Um, in terms of being accessible, um, and I told them this as well. I said I'm not going to uh, necessarily edit the stuff that you that you um, that your lyrics are about. You know, you got a motherfucker or two in there. That's prison. You know, that's that's up to you. Um, you may not get it played on the radio if you keep motherfucker in there, but you know it's. If it's real and that's what you want to sing, and if you get that far that it's going to be on the radio, you can do the album mix, you know, where people do. They go in and they just drop the word out or they say Mother Freaker or something like that. And, you know, I got to laugh with them as well. But I said, you know, if you're, you know, your songs are your songs and your emotions are your emotions, your emotions and your stories are your stories. So I'm not going to get in the way of the storytelling. What I'm going to do is try to package it. Um, and I gave them the, uh, the example of when you go to the parole board and you sit down with them and it's, you know, you're trying to get out and so and so, do you put on your dirty shirt and your crappy overalls? No. You've got a shirt someplace, or so they give you a shirt and you're going to dress up a little bit nice. You're going to make sure you shower that morning and clean your fingernails because you want to present a person who's ready to reenter society. And they were like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And so that's really what I'm doing, but I'm doing it with the music. I'm putting a shirt and tie on it a little bit so we can get it out in the world so other people out there can relate to it. And the tricky part of it is not to get in the way of the language or the stories or the emotion in doing that. I'm just putting little finishing touches on it. Not a lot, but little tuck here, a little tuck there to try to make them um, – you know, more... Make their voices clear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And then, um, in the, in the other, um, part of your question, which is, um, the process. So once we go through all that, well, I want to tell a side story here though. While we were doing the songs, it was, it was great. And everyone's coming down and the songs are really in, kind of in three categories. Okay. Um, and again, 20 musicians or so, and about a third of them were, uh, rap songs. And you know, we didn't have beats. Uh, there we had a little keyboard or we had a guitar so I had people kind of you know mm, mm, uh, mm, mm, uh, you know with their feet or you know, bump bump clap stomp stomp clap. clap and I got a beat going like that and then they did their rap songs like that so that, about a third of them are rap songs and street very street very um, some of them very angry there was one song which didn't make the cut and it's because the um, um, the inmate didn't come back uh, for the second phase and I'll explain that in a minute but one of the songs was, uh, "You fucked my girlfriend, so I'm gonna fuck you up." Just <laughs> <laughs> it cracked me up. I was laughing at it, and he goes, "Well, she did," and I said, "I don't doubt it." You know, and that's and I, I appreciate the honesty. So that was the idea. Uh, and then after we went through it, I'm going through them one by one, and we get down to the last guy, and there's this little guy who is sitting in a wheelchair off to the side. His name is Parker, um, and uh, he's. Uh, it looks to be in his early twenties. Got big Buddy Holly black horn rim glasses, and just real quiet. And I was told he was the drummer. He was actually the drummer, um, and I can explain how that works if you want later on. But because um, he was in a wheelchair, uh, but he was real quiet and didn't really, you know, it's like I say, who's the volunteer? And so he, I was left with Parker. You're the last one. You got something? He goes, Yeah, I have something. Quiet little voice. Okay, well come on over here. And he wheeled over to me, sat next to me. And um, he had a friend of his who was there, a keyboard. Well, Leon's going to play keyboard. I think it was Leon, is his name P- was going to play keyboard for me. And it was a song. I'm trying to remember the name of it. Uh, maybe Jesus Loves Me or something. It was it was a religious song, which is the second category: rap songs, religious songs, and country songs. Those are the three categories in in that group.
1: And were they were they all done by 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 the group of people we would expect with the rap songs, largely um, for image from urban communities. Yes, and yeah.
0: Yes, no, it absolutely to type. Yeah, yeah. Um, And so this guy's, you know, in the song, and it's a very complex song, very beautiful, sort of multiple chords. As as you and I know, every song written since 1940 is the same four chords. That's right. Three major chords and then the minor uh, in the progression. Um, So if you can learn three chords, I can teach you guitar. You know, and most of the songs. Were like that. This song was showed some musical sophistication. It was really interesting, and he starts singing, "Well, Jesus loves me," in a little quiet voice like this. And and you know, I'm a I'm a professor, you know. So I, I was like, okay, Parker, louder. You know, we got to We got to hear hear this, and he and there was a little pause and then they started over and he goes, Jesus loves me. And I'm I'm not doing it justice, but he started singing. And this little guy who was maybe a buck and a quarter wet, you know, in his little wheelchair like that, had his voice and the lights in in the gym are shaking. He's singing. And just like you can hear him from the back of the church type of singing and everybody just, you know, Uh, without even prompting, we all put one hand up in the air. We were like at a Baptist revival meeting, and he sang it, and we were all like, um, you know, I was literally, several of us were dabbing away tears at the end. They they had heard him before, I had not, but even with the guys that had heard these are like hard and like wiping away tears and Good job, Parker, good job. Most of them talk like this. You know? <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that's Parker, where's that voice coming from? He goes, I don't know. It's in, Back in his little talking voice like this, it just kind of comes out of me. And I said, well, that's emotion. Everybody, that's what I'm talking about he had a song he wrote it and he's delivering it and i believed it and you know so that's our lesson on emotion for today
1: so right. so you want so you you listen to their songs yeah give them a workshop on songwriting yes basically and then what's the next step
0: goodbye i say goodbye for a couple of months and i go away work on your songs because i got nothing but time and um i want you to perfect these songs because you know um take this the information that i've given you and uh expand on it and take it to heart and fix your songs or or change them according to these guidelines so we can make them more accessible because ultimately the 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 end goal which i'll talk about more later the end goal is to record them and have an album and put it up on the web so that's why i don't want these songs to be um inaccessible uh, to turn that sentence around that's why i want them to be accessible sure it's important part of the process So in so doing, um, I said, go away, work on the songs, and then I'll come back in a couple of months and we'll record them. Um, Now, this is where it gets tricky, because, uh, um, and this is what makes our project maybe somewhat different than others, although I think there's some people probably doing this out there, and I'm not claiming ownership on on any level, but one of the things I can bring to the table is I've done a lot of uh, in-studio recording and outside of studio recording uh, for 35 years I worked in film, and um, about half of that was working as a location sound person, where I went out and I recorded sound on set. So you're always dealing with tons of outside noises when the only noise you want is the voice of the actor. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't want the sound of the generator or the grip truck or the plane going overhead, or ma ma ma. So, um, and I've just recorded a lot of stuff outside as well. And the recording studio, for the uninitiated, and I'm sure even people who've never been in one have seen pictures of it. It's just sort of carpeted, and it's got treatment on the walls, meaning you know pieces of uh, fabric, sometimes on, uh, on um, uh, stretched out on, on various forms, um, and it's a quiet room. It's sometimes they have two doors. That's the sort of model of the old recording studio, which I grew up in. Um,
1: that model is changing drastically. The
0: model is changing. We're sitting in a model that is changing. This sounds nice and quiet in here, doesn't it? That's right. But if you listen, maybe you can hear my refrigerator, which is in the other room. But it's quiet enough that you don't. Um, the only problem I have in this studio is there's a firehouse two blocks away. And a couple of times a day, uh, if, you know, fire engines will go by. I have to stop what I'm doing and then start again. But what you really need now is the equipment, a couple of good microphones, a little know-how, and a quiet room. From well... Russia prison has no quiet rooms. Everything is cinder block and hard linoleum.
1: For our listeners, when once they listen to the music, they'll hear this awesome reflection coming off of those walls that just adds to the charm of, of the entire project. And where it will stop There's someone who
0: knows
1: where it will
0: This song is titled, I Want That Song and it was written by Francois Mingo an inmate at Coastal State Prison in Savannah, Georgia. Mingo is part of our project, Inside Voices United. I've been speaking with my friend, Ali Sharif, product director for TuneCore. We'll hear more about this song and the others in the project when we continue our conversation in our next chapter. But for now, I'm your host, Greg Smith, and this is Inside Voices United.
1: I want that song called I Don't Wanna Die."